Hello once again listeners, we are the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast coming to you on the 22nd of November 2016 for episode 39 as we enter into the next FPL game week. Join us as we discuss and give the breakdown for all the upcoming fixtures. This week I'm welcoming back Editor-in-Chief of the podcast, The Iceman. Hey Bill. Hello to you sir. And once again we're very fortunate to have a Another top guest on the podcast, a man that's been on a few uh, FPL talk pods now. It's Mr. Tom Campbell. Hi, guys. You're right. Welcome back. Really good to have you back on, Tom. It's been a oh, few episodes since you uh, since you joined us. I think I remember at the time we had a fairly lengthy discussion around um, the problem with defenders scoring. I think that situation has changed a little bit. Um, how, how have you been getting on since we last spoke to you? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think the last time I was on, I was off the back of my worst ever score. I think 1.7 million or something around yeah. there uh, the week prior to, to talking to you. Uh, I sort of clawed it back over the last um, several game weeks back to a high point last week of just outside 100k. But um, I'm off the back of another uh, just a dreadful week. So um, I'm back down to just outside of 165k now. So still kind of chuntering along and yeah, try, trying to make progress, but not getting right. anywhere really. I feel like we we are the equivalent to you of the FIFA front cover curse. <laughs> like every time you're involved with this, you take a dip. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it like I say, it's been a long way back, and just just as I thought I was getting somewhere near a respectable score, it's it's taken a big step backwards. But hey, there's still two, over two thirds of the season to go, so keep plugging away. Plenty of time. You'll have to uh, change the Ice Man's number on your phone to PPI and start to block it. <laughs> Okay, lads. Well, um, we're going to get into the, the, the fixtures for this week. I think it's wonderful having two weeks in a row without any cups or international breaks. Let's start by having a look at how we did this week in terms of our teams. Just very, very briefly, Iceman, just give me a quick overview of your game week. Yeah, did all right. Not too bad. I got 47 this week, uh, seven points above the average, which was 40. Um, I had De Bruyne uh, get me seven. I did bring in Hazard uh, this week for Sanchez, which got me that extra three points because he scored four to Sanchez's one. It was my defence and my keeper, which all got clean sheets. So that's where I was firing, six points from four of them there. Yeah, so no uh, no bitter regrets on Sanchez in the end after that, that previous bit of banter in the game week. No, yeah, it turned out not to be too bad, but I'm still a bit wary with Arsenal's fixtures coming up with playing Bournemouth and then West Ham. I, I feel like there, there are some goals there, and Chelsea have got some hard ones. Uh, so, yeah, still a bit kind of I'm in an iron about it, but I've got him now. I'm keeping him. As, yeah, I can't get rid of him now. Yeah, I mean, they certainly do. Tottenham next, then Man City away, followed by West Brom at home. I think if Hazard's on form, though, he is fixture-proof when he's on fire. I myself scored 38 points this game week, unfortunately just below the average. Uh, my, my best players was Francis McCauley and Costa. My thinking around Francis a few game weeks back was actually his potential for clean sheets, and he's not done too bad for me, actually. does have Arsenal and Liverpool next but then he's got Burnley after that so um, a nice little return from him in terms of just the word on the hazard situation as well um, I actually have him and Sanchez in my team sorry the Sanchez situation and and yeah I think you're 
anxieties of why I didn't get rid of him. Bournemouth at home next, West Ham away, and then Stoke at home. So I, I fancy him not to be quiet for too long. Yeah, I agree with that. Tom, um, did you, I mean, before we get onto your team, did you fall victim to the Sanchez situation? Did you have him in the first place? No, I was one of the ones who'd been on um, on Hazard during his kind of resurgence. So that was right. I think, um, yeah. one of the contributing fact, main contributing factors to me sort of coming yeah. back up the rankings. Yeah. Um, I actually captained him this week, so his four points became eight for me. I think he was touch unfortunate not to get an assist, depending on your point of view. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind some of the kind of questionable decisions that the, the game have made on assist this this season, but you know, can't win them all. Um, yeah. Outside of that, highlights are pretty thin, um, and by that I mean non-existent. I had Johnny <laughs> Evans. Johnny Evans with a with a clean sheet is literally the only scorer um, over three for me. So oh, my transfer was. Um, to, I lost patience with Benteke at last, so he went and Charlie Austin came in to free up some funds. Uh, I did have two free transfers, but carried the other one over. Uh, it was just a depressing score of 31, but thankfully the average wasn't too high. So although it was a yeah. really, really, really poor week, it doesn't feel like I've lost lost out too spectacularly. Yeah, and, that, that, uh, that's yeah, what we're saying. On. That's what we're saying at the start of the pod, wasn't we? Where if you have a bad week, it's as long as it's a really bad week for everyone it's okay but if it's a good week for everyone then yeah you're going to be suffering but it's with an average of 40 it's not too bad exactly i mean the the, the sting for me was having um kapua's first choice sub and there were a few few possibilities he might feature with um a few of the guys coming back from long distance traveling on international yeah. breaks but uh, i didn't make it on so i can't feel too bad i didn't start him so that was my choice but uh, yeah, he's sitting there with 10, so there you uh, go. I hate that hopeful feeling. I've got Pickford with 7, Francis with 6, and Capoue on the bench with 10. And you've always got that oh, wow. kind of hopeful feeling that one of your players like Firmino, Hazard, Allen, or De Bruyne are Sorry, not going to play. Quick, <laughs> just quickly, hold on a minute. What, what was that, those points again? Yeah, so that's uh, a good 23 um, points, 25 points, including Amet on the bench. I think uh, you're in my company there, Iceman, with yeah. uh, my early season bench form. That that is that is useless. <laughs> but it's just showing I've got a solid <laughs> solid team, though. I mean, all my defence scored yeah. six, so uh, Francis would have played. It would have just got me the same points as they did. I wouldn't have played them over anyone else. Do you know what? I, I, I'm one of the few that actually I really don't mind the bench points. Um, I'd do echo wrong Iceman's points there, but. it just it, it just just highlight that your squad's good. Yeah, um, I suppose. Yeah. And and. You know, it's manager calls and all the rest of it, but you want your players playing and you want them playing well, and, and that's the game. You can't play, it's not 15 starters, it's 11, so you just yeah. kind of got to get on with it, really. Well, some, um, I think that there's some good shouts there and some good tactical thinking, but I'm going to ask you lads to save that for the uh, the games, particularly Tom. Uh, I want you to thinking about Charlie Austin when we get on to mm-hmm. that fixture later. I'm just going to run through our mini league and how things are going there. There is um, someone sort of sort of loitering around the top ten now, who may be familiar to all of us in 14th place. A very original tag of FF underscore surgery hyphen Iceman <laughs> has crept up to 14th out of nowhere. You are now, sir, within about five six well no even less than that two points of the top 10 yeah i really want to get in there i'm hitting you are, you are the season's parker i'm, I'm fourteen thousand overall at the moment and uh it's going strong this year I'm, i think i'm concentrating more on things though okay i'm just going to give one shout out because i don't want to forget it and then uh, then i'll read the top 10 but there's uh someone down 
What position were they? Let me just find them. 146th. What does that say? Donald McDiarmid, 37-point game week, but his team is called Neville Wears Prada, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> That's good. Well yeah, done, I like that. That's nice. That is, that is excellent. Really good. So the top 10, we have Espen Anderson in 10th place. We've got Andreas Olander with Anticlante United in 9th, dropping down. Eddie Hughes, who tweeted us recently, FC Tanami Tanami. We've got in seventh place, look my semi Ericsson. I can't believe I've just read that out. By Henry Powell. <laughs> it's like a Ron Burgundy situation. That differential 11, the FPL forecast back up again to sixth. The RK Mavericks with Kunal Roran uh, staying in fifth. Ayu Farrell, Mohamed Ismail in fourth. Uh, Tiago Costa. I didn't see them in the um, in the league last week, so I'm just, I wonder if they've joined us or if their 69 game week scores jumped them up the league. But um, I can't. I think it says SLB Italia. So they're up into third. Our mini league leader for most of the season, nice Douglas Munro, has dropped. Yeah, he's had a couple of low scoring weeks. So I wonder if he's if he's been paying attention or if he's just made bad picks. But that's the mysterious Duke. But the uh, the consistent man for the season, the special one, Dimitar Todorov, is very much firmly placed in uh, in first with forty one points this week. So great job by them. Yeah, well done. Nice work. Just shouting out uh, a couple at the bottom. Uh, I've literally just jumped to page 16. The Phil Corby, uh, the yep. Delhi Button, not currently doing very well at 798. Uh, yep. Going a bit further down, let's see if we can find another one. Ryan Govender uh, with Knights, only at 822. Let's see if we can find another strange name. Derek Maboy. With Warsaw at 861. So you three, you've been named in shame this week, I hope. You Sorry, think. 861? Yeah. Uh, first, not points, place, yeah? No, place, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, he's done well. He's got 861. <laughs> well, okay, well, well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining the league. It does make for interesting reading. And please, you know, please keep those uh, interesting team names coming as well. We might do some kind of award for that at the end of the season. Chaps, let's get down to business because we've got 10 games to get through. So first of all, I'm going to take us to the lunchtime kickoff on the 26th this Saturday. It's Burnley at home versus Manchester City. I'm going to come to our guest for this week, Tom. What are your thoughts on this game? Um, So I had a quick look at how Man City have fared immediately after their Champions League games. Because I thought it's such an attractive fixture anyway, especially with Burnley shipping four and looking just abject against West Brom on Monday night and they haven't really fared very well they lost to Spurs and they got draws against both Southampton and Middlesbrough which isn't aren't horrible results but they don't sort of inspire that much confidence and like you say it's the early kickoff they play away um, in Germany tomorrow night we're recording on on Tuesday so although it it does look a great fixture on paper and you've got your usual suspects in terms of Sergio Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne who are terrific players i'd just be a touch wary on those especially if you're when you come to consider your captaincy one person who that doesn't um impact is of course yaya Torre. so off the back yeah. of his his returning brace in um on the weekend um i love yaya Torre. i think he's it's amazing for fpl but yeah. he's not in the champions league squad so i think he's an attractive proposition anyway he's got heaps of fpl pedigree and he'll be well rested so i think of anyone i'd be looking towards yaya Torre really I think that's a that's a great shout. I mean, Torre coming back over the weekend looked fit. You he looked know, lean, didn't he? He did look. Yeah, he, he looked like he'd 
put a fair bit into his training and behind mm. kind of the ego that you see in the media actually he, he seems to have, he's either putting himself in the shop window or he genuinely is responding to pep and wanting to show what he can do but you know two very well taken goals appreciate the second one was a tapping but he had to get to that and he had to move mm-hmm. so shows the guy is uh, the guy is fit and ready to go and what an addition to that man city front five yeah, and in terms of FPL, his price point is is really attractive as well. Like yeah. I, James, James and I've talked about um, Kevin De Bruyne before, and he, he's just he's FPL gold. Like it's yeah. kind of harsh to compare people to him, but if you did want another alternative into the Man City midfield, you know it'll probably need a few more games for us to get really confident that he's yeah. can be relied upon for minutes. But he'll definitely be another alternative <laughs> along with. Raheem Sterling, who's been the, the kind of other one over the course of the season so far. Yeah, I, I think he's just a rotation risk is the problem. Um, I, I do think we need to wait a few games to make sure that he's going to play every game before we actually bring him in. I mean, like he's, he's more or less a punt at the moment. You don't know if he's going to start the next game. And I think Pep said at the end of the game that, yes, we brought him back to allow for rotation. Yeah, it's just wary of whether he's going to start every game. That's my concern with him. Mm. Yeah, I know. I definitely hear that. I just sort of thought with the with the Champions League being in between the two fixtures, that likelihood's increased because he won't be playing. Yeah. But no, I, no, I hear you. It's, um, it's it's always a concern with um, players like that. In I mean, terms just... of Burnley as well, I mean, I, I I did consider looking through them at length, but they were they were desperate on Monday. Um, yeah. I think Vokes remains a good enabling third choice forward in terms of like a long term strategy. Not great for this game. Outside of that, I wouldn't go near him. No, no, nor would I. I think we've, we've, said that, sorts. we've said that a few times, haven't we? Burnley don't really offer any consistency other than that maybe Heaton in goal as a rotational keeper. And if they're going to start shipping goals like they did the other day, then then even he doesn't look a great option at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, Yaya Torre, we're looking at anyone else that you, you guys would throw into the pot here, or is he the only one of interest? Well, everyone's going to have Aguero, aren't they? You've got to keep him. I don't. A lot of people are contesting whether to get rid of him just because of one blank again. Oh, crazy he, he's, fools. He, yeah, he's one of these players you just can't. Um, he, you've got to wait until he gets injured, suspended, or something. I just you've got to stay in your team. I've got KDB. I'm keeping him at the moment. He's providing a few points every game, so he seems to get the odd assist. Not getting many shots on target though, or attempts on goal. So that's a bit of a worry, but. I think I'm going to keep him for now and then he'll be like a trade with a lesser player to allow me to buy like someone like Ibrahimovic in a few weeks' time. So it's nice yeah. to have tough that to get money rid of him somewhere. once you've got him though, Jim. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't, it tough, isn't it tough to, to actually click that button to lose a player like Kevin De Bruyne yeah, once exactly. you've got him? And he's, such, he's such a sort of Rolls-Royce of a player. And mm. I hear what you're saying, makes good sense, but to, to transfer him out, you know, it just makes it so much easier if he's suspended or got a knock or something because yeah. he, he is class. It's nice he, to have that money uh, like in someone so that you you mm. can trade it out for someone someone else big. It, it is the opposite dilemma to last season, though, isn't it? Because we're talking about players now that are ten million plus. You know, your Sanchez, your Hazard, KDB, Aguero, all of these players. Last season, it was the lower price ones that were fab as isn't well. It? Isn't, it, isn't it? Isn't it nice to have viable options that enable you to catch up? I think yeah. this is one of the reasons I've been able to claw back. My rank's still poor, yeah. but last season it would have been nigh on impossible to achieve because. We had a template team by this time, at this stage of last year, yes. and it was just—it was so difficult to make any kind of ground. Whereas this season, you've just—you've got 
so many great picks in every position. It, it sort of gives you continued enthusiasm. You can, you can claw it back if you happen to get it, it right. It makes it a lot yeah. more entertaining, a lot, um, it does, a lot funner yeah. to play, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I found last season to be really, really difficult because of that reason, really. And like, <clears throat> like Jim says, it's a lot more entertaining to see the big hitters kind of smashing it on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah and you, you can see that in the point spread in the Premier League is a lot more... If you look at the the curve, it's a lot more weighted towards the the top end in terms of the the elite teams, and then mm-hmm. you'd probably expect most of the teams from about you know twelfth down to be where you'd roughly expect them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So the, the, the the golf is a lot bigger. Interesting. Okay, well, I mean, again, once again, we we had this last week. We started with Arsenal, Man United. We thought we were going to shout a lot of players. In the end, we ended up pretty much saying stay away from it, and good for reason. Yeah, for good reason. And in this one, we've got a similar situation. So. Quick one on uh, KDB. He did get his assist from a corner, so I had a, <laughs> I thought I'd have a quick look into the corner takers stats, and uh, my findings were just very much inconclusive. <laughs> it really, didn't, <laughs> really didn't show anything. I tried to find something which would show that corner takers are good to have, but no, it, it doesn't matter. It just depends on your team, really. Uh, KDB getting loads of corners in, and yeah, he's got seven or eight assists, so it doesn't really show much. Punchin's got the most, and only got two assists it shows nothing it takes a very a very big uh, man to admit when he can't find the arse for something so <laughs> yeah. I'm going to commend you for that that's annoying. the best thing you've done this season mm. <laughs> okay lads I'm going to move us on to Hull versus West Brom interesting <clears throat> fixture Hull a team that we never back offensively apart from very briefly Chadley suddenly scoring four Hull City um, are unfortunately becoming the villa of this season Iceman let's, let's see what you think about this one um, Hull are the worst team in the league, in my opinion. So there are no <laughs> options there. No, I uh, think you can find plenty of evidence for that if you look. Yeah, they they've got the only thing for them at the moment is they've got quite good fixtures with West Brom, Middlesbrough, and Palace. But that, they seem to be another team which are playing three at the back, and they're they're playing like the Conte way. A lot lot of teams seem to be copying with West Ham, Man City, Spurs. Whole Stoke. Uh, I think even my my Sunday football team, Kerbridge, have opted to play free of the black, which I don't know. It just seems to be mind controlled Darren Brown thing, which they're persuading all the managers just to play this way or something. But it seems to be working. But for Hull, it, work, it's not it works working. if you're three. I'll just say on that. <laughs> it works if your back three is Bonucci, Chiellini, and Barzagli. But mm. for Hull City, Harry Maguire. Um, <laughs> And the Dor- other two, Dawson. who I take no interest in, clearly Dawson and, and Davis, yeah. are not quite in the same league. No, yeah. So if, you, if you're looking at this game, you, you're looking to bring in West Brom players. Brunt, still a great option. Four goals in the last game, they scored West Brom, but Brunt wasn't actually involved in any of them. But he managed to get a bonus point. So it just shows how attacking he gets. He's obviously getting crosses into the box and gets forward for a defender. So... He is a great option still at 4.9. Uh, but the other option for West Brom, uh, you can look at Chadley or Phillips. Uh, Phillips looks to be the most brought-in player at the moment. You can see that with his goal in the last two. But I think when Chadley back, will, will that affect Phillips's game? Um, I think it will, but I think it will improve it. I think Chadley will come a, a great provider for Phillips because Phillips is quick, isn't he? So yes, uh, yeah. you could get a fair amount of points out of him, only 5.1. So, yeah, another, another good option there. I um, 
I, I really like the defensive options for West Brom this week. I think if you've got McCauley, I would be definitely having him in your in your, your three or your four, however many you're playing at the back. And I'm actually tempted to go double with uh, with the keeper this week as well. So thinking about Foster and McCauley as a double up for this one, or if you've got an Evans. Um, I just don't see Hull scoring at the moment. They just they don't offer anything in attack that I think can hurt teams. Yeah, I'm going to keep Foster and McCauley in my starting lineup this week, like I did last week. Got me a nice twelve points, which was uh, greatly needed. Nice little boost. How about you, Tom? What are you thinking with this one? I mean, you guys have covered it in the main. I'd say uh, just on Hull, I think it's basically Snodgrass is the it's literally the only one I could I could kind yeah. of. Uh, See being a viable offensive pick. He actually played quite well. I mean, that Hull managed to lose three 0 to Sunderland, which kind of takes some doing. Uh, but they yeah. actually played. They actually played okay, despite that embarrassing scoreline. Um, yeah. So he was he's kind of an acceptable fourth, fifth choice mid if you're depending on the makeup of your team. Just one thing I did think about from Hull is if you happen to have Jakubovic as your second choice sub, uh, substitute goalkeeper, I've got a feeling that he might start playing again in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. He played the first five game weeks during which Hull actually started. I think you remember they started relatively well. Since then, Marshall's come in and they've shipped 20 goals in the Prem, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. just diabolical. And he was just awful against Sunderland. I don't know if you guys saw it. So yeah. I think he might actually get his place back. So if you were thinking about trying to transfer him out and get in another playing keeper, I'd just hold on that because I'm not suggesting start him. But I think he may come back into the thinking and it's not a bad position to be in, like Jim mentioned, the fixtures that they have upcoming. So if he does come off your bench, I think he's he may he may be getting a start soon. It's just a gut feel though, That's based on their horrible record. On the West Brom side of things, I mean Chris Brunt is a, like a darling of FPL. I can't believe yeah. that he's held as a defender. He's playing in midfield. Four point nine mil is great value. He played really well um on Monday. The only thing I would say just just a word of warning on that. If you look at the midfield and the forwards that they have, you've basically got Fletcher and Jakob, who will always start under Tony Pulis. I just can't see either of those two ever not getting a start. No, I agree. You've then got, you've then got Chadley, Morrison, Brunt, Phillips, McLean and Rondon. So of those eight players, you've basically got six spots to fill. And I find it really difficult with Brunt because as well as he's playing and he's a great price point, he would probably be the one to potentially miss out for Chadley when he's back in favour. Hmm. So as, as weird as it sounds, as great as prospect as Brunt in, I'm considering getting him in myself. If you actually think about it, it wouldn't be a shock if he was to miss out. So just a, a, a slight word of caution there on that one. Outside of that, you guys have covered it with, um, with the Phillips inclusion. Um, Rondon, I did think, was exceptional on, on Monday. And as a third-choice striker... He's a um, he's a cool differential to have. I like I like Rondon a yeah, lot. Yeah, I will admit with Rondon, I had I did consider. I've made one change so far this week, taking out Lukaku, uh, and I was considering Rondon, but I just saw it mm. for the next two fixtures, <laughs> and then I, I saw that they were playing Chelsea, and then every other game. Uh, then they had Swansea, then Man United, then Arsenal. So they got some hard fixtures after that. So he would be good just for two games. And I, I didn't really want to waste the transfer. Uh, so I brought in someone else who I'll come to later. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know about how you play it, um, Jim, but I, the three strikers I'll always start irrespective of fixtures. And the thing is with Rondon is that you can't see him never not playing. I mean, then looking at the alternatives there, he'll start every game. So yeah. appreciate the hard fixtures and West Brom can easily blank in any game. Pulis is, is known to be kind of a defensive coach. So 
Yeah, I hear that. I just thought he played really well against, admittedly, a Burnley side who I didn't see it coming. I've been quite impressed by them this season, but they were really, really poor on Monday yeah. night. Okay, so we're um, kind of fairly mixed on this one by the sounds of it then. Um, yeah, heaps of good options from West Brom, though. It feels weird, but they are, they've got a, a whole host of viable picks in FPL for me at the minute. They do. I mean, for this game week, I still don't trust their consistency up front for, for a long period of time, so that would be enough to put me off. But I think, you know, it, it, as individuals, certainly offer some attacking threat. Mm-hmm. So let, let's move on to Leicester Borough. Just a shout out to Leicester tonight, qualifying for the next round of the Champions League. Iceman, I always like to get a little Champions League shout out in there. Hmm. And I will also use this opportunity to say uh, Dortmund 8-4. Wow. <laughs> but in terms of this fixture, um, Leicester versus Borough. Borough only going down 1-0 to Chelsea. That actually surprised me a fair bit. I thought yeah. that game was going to have a greater kind of uh, difference between the two. Leicester losing 2-1 against Watford. So true to their Premier League form this season there is murmurings of a relegation battle how do we see this one going Iceman do you want to lead us off yeah uh, Middlesbrough did look good against Chelsea Um, they've got Ramirez back in the team and he's getting some chances six attempts in the last two and Middlesbrough playing a hole after Leicester so he could be a good option for the next couple of games Mm, like it Uh, Traore again good but no returns with him at the moment Thinking he will return more against lesser teams, so I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on him. Uh, I can't see that many goals from Middlesbrough, though. Although uh, Negredo had a couple of chances which he, he could have finished, I just can't. Yeah, you know, it's going to be one or two, isn't it? They're not going to get loads uh, like Liverpool and Man City uh, and even West Brom. But Leicester, now that uh, Mara's scored a penalty, yeah, he scored again tonight, another penalty. Who knows? That might be the spark that's going to start his streak. Can I? Can I just shock you with a stat, Ice Man? Go I'm going to gun you down with a stat. Oh. Uh, Middlesbrough haven't conceded a penalty this season. Oh. Well, the only other team who haven't conceded a penalty this season is Crystal Palace. So right. I was going to shout Mares as well, but his points are coming from the spot at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe Mike, and then, Mike and Dean's. They're not be putting challenges in. Oh well, that changes everything. If, if Mike Dean's referring that one, he's he's given away oh, how many is it? Um, eight penalties so far this season. Mm. <laughs> uh, he's given away the most penalties so far. So if he's refereeing their game, then who knows? Could be a bit of a lottery. Yeah. So, I mean, with that in mind, maybe their defenders just aren't tackling in the box, which is why they're conceding, possibly. But So, do you think Mares is a viable option, penalty or no penalty? Yeah, I still think he looks good. They do have drink water that might get a suspension after an elbow he he, he did. But, yeah, Vardy, who's the, the penalty winner, he, he might be able to get those uh, penalties for Leicester. But, um, so, just to... Just- I was going to say, just a word on their Champions League. I'm not sure if you've seen their, their team for tonight who played. Mares came off after 68 minutes. Mm. Vardy played the whole game. Musa sat this one out on the bench. So I wonder, given that Okazaki started, although he did come off after his, his typical 68 minutes, I wonder if that means Musa might have a chance to start up front on the weekend following the, the current trend. Yeah, it could be right. Uh, he likes a bit of rotation nowadays, the Tinker Man. So, yeah. He does. So, so Tom, on that, if, if Musa was to play, do you think he would be an option or would you still... Um, not for me, not for me, Pete. My my thoughts on this one are: I've been really impressed by Borough defensively. I think yeah. over the course of the season, they've not really been getting a uh, hiding at all. Uh, I thought I was pretty impressed with them against Chelsea on the week. They got a great nil nil um, against Arsenal a few weeks back. 
So I think any of their defenders as kind of enablers are definitely viable. I like Valdez at 4.5 in, in goal as well, depending on who your, who your goalkeepers are as well. And the Iceman's mentioned um, Traore as well, who as a fifth mid, kind of beneath that 5 mil price point, I think he's 4.8 on Tuesday night. I think he's a good option. Like Jim said, though, he hasn't actually returned yet, but he's looked really good. So yeah. I think he's, um, he's kind of viable as well. From a Leicester perspective, I'd be more thinking about the defence. You kind of know who's going to play there. I've always liked Fuchs. He's 5.4 million in there. Um, it's sort of reliable on the, that left-hand side. Did only play 67 minutes in the last game, which is a bit of a concern, but he's played 90 minutes in, in the remaining on the other games. So I didn't have that many thoughts on this game. I don't think there's going to be a whole heap of goals in it. So consequently, my advice would be to look at the defensive options of either team. Well, the only thing with that is that Leicester have actually conceded more goals this season than the whole of last already. Yeah, I, 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 I get that. But they're playing Borough, who aren't scoring freely. Yeah, I, yeah. I like I like Negredo, but I, you can't see you can't see them going goal crazy against the champs. So no. I don't know. It's not really one I had too many thoughts on, but I, I wouldn't no, be going a, down the offensive route personally. No, I think it's a real shame that Borough haven't invested a bit more in uh, Jordan Rhodes because I think he's got bags of potential to score in any league he plays in. But um, we shall see. Okay, well, let's uh, move on to, uh, I think, a team that probably surprised us last week, Liverpool, um, against another team that surprised us greatly, which was Sunderland. Um, Liverpool getting the draw, of course, and not scoring when the the two weeks leading up from the international game week, we were expecting bags of goals. And then Sunderland, who looked to be slipping towards the championship, come up with a 3-0 victory. Both of them clashed this weekend at a three o'clock kickoff. Tom, what, what are your thoughts? So a few weeks ago, you would have had this down as some kind of record scoreline, and it still might well happen. Liverpool could easily pulverise them um, at Anfield. That, yeah. I think most people would would be even Sunderland fans. I reckon wouldn't wouldn't say that would be a shock. Um, but you know, you've got to give Sunderland some credit. They have won a couple of games, and personally, didn't see that coming. They've now got that big man, little man combo up front, which um, <laughs> David Moyes kind of likes. I think just starting with the home side. You can take your pick from their attacking uh, midfield players out of Mane, Firmino and Coutinho, respectively. Not going to really talk about them at length, as I think we kind of all know it at this point. Personally, I would favour Mane in this fixture, just because he tends to have done slightly better at home. There's not a whole lot in it, though. So my thinking there is just to go a little bit outside the box, actually, and just make a little mention of Emre Chan. Oh, I had him listed as well. 4.8 million. So he's a kind of great enabler. You could even make a case for him being a fourth choice midfielder. Yeah. Um, though personally, I, I wouldn't. He looks even more, or could potentially be even more effective with <clears throat> Lallana being out. 16 points in his last three games is is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, I'd, I'd say that he's 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 um he's definitely a candidate from the. Sunderland side. Before, before we move sound... on, we move on. Sorry, just a quick one on on Chan there. Uh, he does look like one which could be like an Allen replacement. A lot of people are moving Allen out at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, two, two goals so far this season. Uh, as you say, only four point eight, and he gets an attempt on goal every thirty six minutes. I, I've, yeah, I had him listed here because I did a little bit of research on him. So in that attacking midfield, he's he's never going to get the points which Coutinho and Firmino are sprawling out, but he is definitely a good option, and uh, I did consider him this week to bring in. Sorry, you can move on now. <laughs> I think on that. I mean, personally, I have Firmino and Coutinho already. So it would feel overkill to treble up on them, and I, I wouldn't yeah. 
and necessarily start them all. But yeah, I mean, I obviously had him written down as well. And on the Sunderland side, it feels kind of weird to recommend the <clears throat> Sunderland goalkeeper when they're going to Anfield yeah, playing a team who have smashed goals sort of left, right, and centre. But and Pickford hasn't kept many clean sheets, but he's actually. At 4.1, he's made 47 saves in the last 10 games, which when you average out the points of that, he's collecting points even when his team are conceding kind of freely. So I thought I think he's actually a sort of viable alternative for Heaton or whomever else people have got as a cheap goalkeeper. And then the forward two, I mean, you guys can probably talk at, at length on them as well with Defoe is, is their, their goal scorer. And more recently, Anichabi that is just great value and, and really does open up FPL to yeah. become a 3-5-2 game rather than the more traditional 3-4-3 formation. So again, there's, it, there's actually options on both sides. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, we've, we've spoken about Jermaine Defoe quite a few times and he's just proving again how consistent he is and how good he's been for the last few weeks. I actually think he should be a shout in the, in the England team, which is slightly controversial, but I think with the lack of regular English scorers at the moment, he's as good as they get. Iceman, would you add anything to, uh, to what Tom said there about the Sunderland front line? Uh, yeah, and each of me, I, I've actually brought him in for Lukaku. It is kind of an enabler to allow me to get rid of Allen and bring in Coutinho, which a lot of people are drafting out Coutinho for Firmino this week, which is quite a surprise to me because Coutinho did play well. He does control the game going forward. And yeah, yeah, he is like the most owned player. So in a way, it's kind of I'm bringing him in as well just to shut that door. That if he does score well, that I'm not going to go behind. Yeah, so I haven't actually brought him in yet. I'm just waiting for the, the rest of the week before I actually do move him in. But yeah, Victor yeah. Anichiri is now moved up to 4.6. So I see it in this vein of uh, a lot of people do want to have three strikers, whereas I... I'm taking out Lukaku, bringing in Anichri as like a bench player and then yeah. bringing in Coutinho because Coutinho and Firmino, if one of them played up front, I would do the move Lukaku to one of them. So in a sense, I'm kind of doing that when I'm bringing in Coutinho. That's my uh, logic to this particular, because I, I never yeah. normally like a, uh, a five-man midfield with only two up front. So it's not normally the way I play. I normally play with three up, but... In this particular point with Liverpool, because they've got Sunderland, and I don't think Sunderland are a great team, and they do ship goals, and I think Liverpool will open the floodgates against them. Yeah, definitely. Could easily happen. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay, so if, not too much to say, I think, on the uh, the Brazilian duo, but certainly lots of choice there. And so, you know, right, not writing off Sunderland to get a goal in this fixture. Which takes us to Swansea versus Palace, perhaps a slightly less glamorous fixture. Iceman, is there anyone in this one that, that jumps out for you? There's not many of these two. You, mm. You're looking at Gilfie Sigurdsson for Swansea. Swansea holding Everton turns some heads and Amat back in the team as Bradley still doesn't know his best 11. But it's only Gilfie which is the only one to choose from Swansea. He's been involved in six of Swansea's 11 goals. So, uh, yeah, he's on the corners and free kicks and penalties. It all drives through Sigurdsson. But Palace, uh, England's worst team over the calendar year, not the best. They they just can't seem to defend. Uh, they always seem to give something away. I thought they were playing well against City, but they just gave silly errors away where Kelly just gifted the ball to De Bruyne, created the first Torre goal. They've always got a mistake in them. Zaha, probably an option on his fourth assist now in four games. Uh, that yeah. was ever since J&O mentioned him. J&O shouted, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. yeah. 
So ever since he's he's given them the gift of assists. Really but other is. than that, no, I can't see many options for them. Shout out to J and O for uh, for that one. Okay, well we won't labour on this fixture too much. Just um, just one go- point I had on that uh, that Jane has covered it in entirety. I reckon the only thing is it's just that a map point. Him coming back in has just kind of that gone under the radar a bit. That he could have easily have been needed to be transferred out for people who had him as their fifth choice defender. I, d- I the don't fact see that he the point. Played. The fact that he played, though, I'm never going to start him, but you always want your third-choice sub, ideally, to be playing. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that he's he's at that 4.1 or 4, if you had him from the start of the season, if he's playing, it's obviously better, just in case, like last week we had a Holobas suspension. If either of your front or your Premier 3 defenders didn't play, then you would have had a playing substitute coming off the bench. So it's a really subtle thing, but you just want that fifth choice defender ideally to be playing. So it's it's good news if you if you're an owner. The the only even thing even though Swansea is, are awful. Yeah, the the only thing is with that, I don't think, like I said, Bradley doesn't know his best eleven. So Amat could be out next week. He was in and out a bit like Kingsley as well. So uh, oh, I hear you. I thought I'm, he was, thought hold he was on gone. To him. Uh, yeah, I me he was too. Out of the team, yeah. But the fact that they were one 0 up until the eighty seventh minute or whatever yeah. away at Everton, yeah, true. should keep his place. You'd hope. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's just a small point. I mean, he's yeah. never going to be a captain, but it's just one of those things where yeah. you want him playing, and he may now have he may now back in be in favour. Whereas previously, I thought he was complete sort of he's dead wood. We need Bradley to make his mind up. Mm. Mm. Well, I think that the next fixture probably. Certainly, from a watching perspective, uh, has a lot of potential. But we've got Chelsea versus Tottenham at Stamford Bridge. So Chelsea only notching one last week, but still getting the victory as all good champions do. Perhaps a, a, a omen for them. Tottenham on the weekend again coming back to to beat West Ham United heartbreakingly for them. Some good performances. Harry came back on the uh, on the score sheet. Chaps, um, Iceman, I'll come to you first. What do you think? Um, I, d- I don't know this one at all, really. Uh, <laughs> lost, yeah, a bit lost. The uh, you know Spurs weren't very good against West Ham. I know you just said a good performance, but they weren't good. Uh, they got away with it. Uh, when Son came on, it seemed to change things. Managers now transferring out Son because obviously he's not getting enough game time. Um, but Kane, he he got two really lucky goals in this game. You know, just a tap in and then a penalty. He has equaled his best scoring streak though, <laughs> but he didn't do much else. But I did look at his stats. He's on six attempts in his last two. He just doesn't create anything, so he's always going to get those chances. So if you're thinking about drafting him in, he's still a major option here. With with Spurs fixtures coming up after this, they've got Swansea at home, and then they've got United. Then it's a bit easier after that, because then they've got Hull, Burnley, Southampton, then Watford. If you want to draft him in now, Kane seems to be scoring. Don't see why not. He's a pretty good option to draft in now. Yeah, I'm just looking at his uh, record as well against uh, London teams and actually he's just just totaling this up here but it's something like out of 30 games I think he scored around 20 goals yeah so he's got five five and four against Arsenal five in six against West Ham three and four against Chelsea two and five against Palace and two and two against QPR one and one against Fulham so actually when it comes to the big hitters and the games that matter Kane is a great man to go oh, to. Shows up, doesn't I, he? I, yeah, did see, I, does. I did see a, a stat on that of uh, the players to have played in 10 plus London derbies. Harry Kane has the best goals to game ratio with mm. uh, 0.8, 18 in 22 games. Jeez, that is good. Mm. 
that's very tempting, isn't it? But the question would be, who do you take out for him? Because you, you're not so, going to take out Diego Costa. The, 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 the thing that most people have been doing, if they've got the money, is moving Lukaku onto Kane. It's yeah. not a like-for-like money-wise. You need to get funds from elsewhere. I, I, I think Harry Kane's a, a top option. Just slight doubts over whether or not he's fully fit. I haven't seen the Champions League game tonight that Spurs lost, but um, need to watch out for that one. Chelsea-wise, though, I think tip of the hat to Iceman for bringing in Alonso when he did is... His, of his 46 points, yeah, he's got he's got 45 in his last six, which is just an astonishing return, really. You've got yeah. Hazard, who uh, he only got four points last week, but that's you know it's not a horrible return. He was kind of unlucky not to to get a return from a sort of contentious assist attempt. Costa is has just been superb all season. He's got 82 points already this season, yeah. and he's actually bettered Alonso in those last six games with a return of 48. So yeah. Even though you've got the booking hanging over him that would mean yeah. a suspension, I, he just can't be ignored. He's just been he's been so good for so long, and and that's a tip of the hat to to yourself, Pete. So you you guys have done great with your Chelsea picks. It's uh, it's been the one that that didn't work at all last season, but it seems to have come good. So. Yeah, so Costa and Alonso are, are reasonable shouts. But I think um, I, I, my my call for this one would be Harry Kane, because as good as Chelsea have been at the back, I would fancy him to show up at some point. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, okay. Any any more to uh, to add to this then, chaps, in terms of... So we're, we're thinking there, we've, we've talked a bit about Costa. We spoke about Hazard earlier in the podcast. We've, we've You know, Alonso's a great shout. Anyone else from Tottenham at this point? I was going to say, normally I'd like favouring Deli Alley, but I listened to the Monaco game or the first half of the Monaco game this evening and he was getting quite a, a bit of stick for just not looking fully fit. So normally I'd be looking at, at him, but uh, outside of that, I'd... I don't see uh, any viable options for this particular game week. Ongoing, maybe more, but not for the Chelsea game with them in such good defensive form. Okay, well, let's move across to another London team that's playing. This is the first game of the Sunday fixtures on at lunchtime. We've got Watford versus Stoke City. Stoke, of course, without Joe Allen, and we've seen a mini revival of Etienne Capu in the past week. Great result against Leicester as well, 2 1 fantastic. Tom, first of all, anyone here sort of standing out for you? Uh, a couple of thoughts on this one. So, Hollowbass is back from his suspension. I think we've talked about him before as a, a nice out of position kind of attacking left fullback. So he's back in back in contention now. You mentioned Kapu as well. I think he's a viable fifth choice midfielder. Could potentially start him if you if you'd like this this week. I like Pereira as well. He's um, he's a yeah. top player, but touch too expensive for me at, at six mil. I think there are better options in that price bracket. Mm. From the Stoke side, they've actually had a, a real resurgence after a kind of horrible start to the season, culminating in a sort of dreadful performance away at Palace, 4-1 defeat at Palace. They've actually lost only one in seven since then, and that was um, last week's game against Bournemouth. So I think there's a few defensive options there. Peters, good value at yeah. 4.5 mil. Butland must be really close to a return now. He's not flagged, I don't think, on the FPL app, and he's... At 4.7 mil, so I think he'll be coming in for my team as soon as he's back. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I think a lot of I think his price will skyrocket quickly once he's back and his fitness is proven. One thing I would say, not in terms of the acquisition, but I would just say avoid Boyan. I like him, but Hughes has kind of lost favour with him, and after his missed penalty, he's, he hasn't played 90 minutes this season. Just avoid um, yeah. would be my advice there. Those were my thoughts on on that. Really, I think it'll be a, a tight game though. <clears throat> 
Yeah, I, I agree with the uh, the Bojan thing. Uh, the only thing is Alan is playing further back now due to the injury to Whelan. So, yeah, he's not becoming an option anymore. So Suspended, people, mate, anyway. Yeah, he is, he is yeah. suspended as well. So he's not... Like, I'm, I'm just looking at going forward as well. Some people might want to hang on to him, but I'm actually getting rid of him this week for Coutinho. But looking at the the Watford team, like you say, uh, with Capoe, a lot of people benched him this last week and then got lucky with that 10 points. But is he still an option? Well, I'm not really sure. This game looks to... He looked to have a slightly different role in and he created five chances and uh, only one attempt on goal. But the previous five, he only created four as a whole with eight attempts he's not showing up great stats he, you know whenever he gets a goal it's only with that one attempt which he did in the last game so with players like Capoe and Fletcher they are bench players for me and if you're lucky that they do come on that you need them they're grabbing that that goal he just seemed to be really lucky with it but yeah just just a bench player for me not too unreliable to start them every game but although yeah. I might have to start Capoe this week unless I do like a minus eight or something Interesting. Okay, so we're not fully sold on the resurgence of Etienne Capu. Yeah. Which brings us to Arsenal versus Bournemouth, 2-15. Arsenal on a good run, still unbeaten in, in many games recently. Iceman, do you know how many it is? Um, since the start of the season, uh, so 11. So it's 11. So still on that run. Point against United at the weekend. Dubious whether it was deserved. Bournemouth still offering sort of returns going forward. A 1-0 victory as well. France, as I mentioned earlier, getting me a cleanie. Iceman, I'll let you uh, lead off as it's Arsenal. Who do you think for this game? Yeah, well, Arsenal were woeful against United. Uh, they didn't get a single shot on target until the goal. Uh, I think it's maybe due to due to the two they played in the middle. As a defensive midfielders, we had the Cock and El Nenny playing there, who are not playmakers. So Arsenal play much better when they've got that the likes of Cazorla, Xhaka in the middle. I think Arsenal will put Xhaka back in the team, as I thought he looked yeah. to try something against United with Coquelin and El Nenny, and obviously that didn't quite work. So uh, yeah, Xhaka. So with Xhaka, Ramsey or Cazorla in there, obviously Cazorla's still injured. I think the likes of Wilcott and Sanchez and Ozil will benefit more once those creative players are back in the middle. In the next two, I think that uh, Xhaka will start. So if you've got Wilcott, Sanchez or Ozil, I wouldn't be looking to get rid. Um, people have been looking at Jenkinson as an option and I'm just putting a warning out there I might not go there as um, Debushi is back from injury now and he did score for the reserves last week against Spurs so he might be taking Jenkinson's place I don't know Jenkinson played okay against Spurs but uh, the man that Arsenal were looking to was Olivier Giroud he scored seven from his last eight shots on target for Arsenal it just shows that he could be a great option but it's whether he will start the games he scored more Premier League goals as a substitute for Arsenal than any other player yeah, it shows that he's a great plan B but it's whether he's going to use him as a plan A I do think it's time to bring him back into the starting lineup. might be that the miserable face he gave at the end of when he actually scored that might actually push him back into the team <laughs> still beautiful to me of course, the best right-back for Arsenal at the moment is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who set up the goal. <laughs> oh, that was a great, great set-up, yeah. Just moving on to, to Bournemouth, because I could talk about Arsenal all day. 
Ake seems to have got a start and a goal in the last game. He got the um, the goal from a junior Slam- Stanislav's assist. So Stanislav's again, you know, I'm always ranting on about him. He's still looking good as an option. This is your half-brother, isn't it? Yeah, it must be. He's still looking good as an option, Stanislav's. Um, obviously, maybe not for this game. And maybe not for this game as well, because he can't play. But Wilshire, he looked good as well, creating a few and hit the post and got 90 minutes the last game. So keep an eye on these two going forward. It's just their fixtures aren't great. I think it's a really good shout on avoiding Jenkinson. I, I'm a West Ham fan and I thought Jenkinson was out of his depth when he was playing for us. Yeah. I just don't think he's of the quality that someone like Arsene Wenger would, would want in his team. So... I wouldn't be going near him at five million personally. Mm. Um, from the Bournemouth side, I really like the look of Callum Wilson up front as six, at six point five as a another third choice kind of striking option around the kind of Charlie Austin or Rondon level. Maybe not for this game week, but ongoing. I mean, that was a full rundown from the Iceman there, so I, I won't go on any <laughs> longer because kind of everyone's been covered. Yeah, so when I get talking about Arsenal, can't stop. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll move on from this one then. Manchester United versus West Ham, the first four thirty game of the Sunday fixtures. Pete, sorry, um, can I just? I was just um, one thing I forgot on the Arsenal. Okay, game. yeah, of course, of course. Um, just it's another re- a fixture where you look at it and you sort of think, wow, there's captain potential there, and it looks it looks terrific, sort of thing. Just a point that we made earlier about teams playing after the Champions League, and yeah. again recently for Arsenal, it's not actually been great. They've Two draws against Spurs and Borough, and only one goal in the in the two most recent games after the Champions yeah. League. So, I'm not expecting a massive hangover. They don't have to travel, but it is a big game with Paris um, coming across, um, and it is the Wednesday game. So, maybe just something to consider there in terms of your captain choice. It might be something that you you would potentially stay away from, especially when you've got alternatives in the Liverpool game with them not having European football. It's a small point, and you'd still expect them to beat Bournemouth at home, but maybe not to run riot. So maybe not quite uh, on the same level we'd expect. Mm. Um, well, I can announce, actually, whoever's playing left midfield for Arsenal at the weekend will have a slightly easier time of it tomorrow in the Champions League. Um, a Serge Aurier has been denied access <laughs> yeah. into the UK for the Arsenal yeah, game. So uh, we'll, be see- we'll be seeing uh, somebody else playing at right back. Iceman, any thoughts on this game? The Arsenal-Bournemouth game? No, 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 you've given plenty of thoughts on that. I don't know about the Man United versus West Ham game. Yeah, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, Valencia looks a, a good option. His first game back after being out for a couple of games. Should have had a penalty, but according to Opti, he didn't actually create any chances this game. But at 4.5, he's one of those players which I might want to be looking to get in for Christmas because they've got good fixtures. So I might have to drop love room for him coming up. Going forward for United, he's, he's going to be a great option. If you're looking at other options, um, the main option in midfield is Mata. Uh, scored, scored a great goal but came off again. And for me, it's just a, maybe a bit too inconsistent. But his Latan is now back. And I did look long and hard whether to bring him in for Lukaku and switching some things around in my midfield. Scored eight goals so far this season, so it's twice as many as any other Man United player. Uh, but for me, he's he's the only attacking option. Uh, just a quick other stat on Zlatan. He's got 59 attempts in 11 games. So that's meaning 17 minutes per attempt. So if you're looking for some striking options, I think Zlatan is still a very good viable option for United. I have to agree. And with, with West Ham's defence this season, sorry, Tom, but if he's going to find the net, it's going to be this week. Yeah. yeah. 
No, no apology needed. Just on that, I think I must have misheard you. It's 5.4 for Valencia, not 4.5. So still great value, but not not quite the budget choice. I I, I must have misheard. But I think <laughs> I think Phil that. Jones at, at at 4.7 is along the same lines. He's nowhere near as assured of playing. Um, but he's played a few games recently, and Smalling has broken his toe. So I think, think Phil Jones potentially as a defensive option. Bit of a punt there. Not bad like, as a differential. Yeah, and enabling. Yeah, um, like I say, he's not definitely assured of his of game time. But um, if you needed a, a potentially cheap route into the United defence, that would be one. West Ham, I'm a, I'm a hammer, but I mean that was a real kick in the teeth. The way sure. that we lost to to Spurs on the weekend. Reed now suspended, yeah. uh, which is. Really bad news. I think that backs up Jim's recommendation of the, uh, you know, Ibrahimovic even more. It's a great shout anyway. From our side, though, Antonio is still going to be a threat, I think, at all times. I was about to say that. What are your thoughts on him? So, um, as soon as he's moved away from um, right fullback, I think Antonio is a great option. 6.8 at the minute. So, you know, United aren't, aren't going to be conceding loads of goals, but he's, he's potentially a viable long-term pick. And just one to watch. Not suggesting for this fixture, really, at all, but... Sacco's now back in contention for West Ham. Previously, he's been he's been a good FPL option. He's nowhere yeah. near fit. He looked way short of match practice against um, against Tottenham on the weekend, as you'd expect after not having played. But he may come into the thinking. Although, to be honest, our run of fixtures is really really bad. So uh, as it pains me to say, as a West Ham fan, but steer clear. <laughs> well, that's the biggest endorsement they needed. Let's come on to the final game, chaps. We've got Everton versus Saints. I'll, I'll come to you first, Tom, on this, just because mm. you, you've put Austin in last week. And I, I, I'm, knowing you, you know, I'm sure you've been thinking about this fixture. Is he someone you're going to play in this one? So thinking with Charlie Austin, I sort of mentioned it earlier that I'll always play my front three unless there's something really peculiar about the game week. So he's sort of set and forget with the other two forwards. I just thought he was great value. And I, I had lost faith with Benteke. Um, Saints didn't have great fixtures they had Liverpool who they didn't manage to score against but Liverpool haven't exactly been watertight at the back far from it Everton likewise aren't keeping clean sheets either despite Koeman making it significantly better than it was under under Roberto Martinez Um, so I think he could easily score in this fixture but there are a few other options I've looked at this fixture I I don't think it's going to be loads of goals in the game and that's in part down to Virgil van Dijk who at 5.5 is more expensive than I like paying for a defensive yeah. player but he is a real threat he does get bonus points and he he, he does represent a kind of good option good secure option there if you wanted a cheaper way in Cedric's now back at right back yeah. yes um, yes great shot he, he pushes on which is what we want to see from FPL and he's under 5 mil at 4.9 at the moment so I think there's a couple of defensive options for Saints from an Everton side Lukaku remains the kind of main striker although the stats are suggesting now may be the time to that he hasn't really returned like we'd want to, as he had been doing in the weeks leading up to the the last two. But one person that I can see looking more viable is Ross Barkley. Now I've had a love hate relationship with Ross Barkley over the years in FPL because he's explosive and he can get that double digit return of points, um, but then he can just go weeks and weeks without without doing anything. So. He would be a, a real punt, especially away from home. But I think he and Lukaku are the best routes to points from an offensive perspective in the in the Everton side. I think that's a nice shout. Iceman, any, any thoughts on this one? I would just be looking at the Southampton defence, like Thomas said. Van Dijk is the is the best one there. He's uh, he definitely he's a great defender, but he, he did pull Firmino back. Should have got a penalty, but he got away with it. 
but he just mm. he does look really good. Five point five. He's uh, he's, he's someone I, I I want to bring in with their fixtures coming up. Austin, obviously, yeah, he is their main attacking option. Redmond's gone off the radar now. He just doesn't seem to be doing much at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, not not same, really. Same a, with Tadic. Yeah. One thing Tadic. again, Saints Saints don't play brilliantly after Europe either. Yeah. Uh, I did look at that. It's not as marked a trend, but again, they they don't look great after they they played on the Thursday night. So I I can't see it being huge returns for FPL points this fixture personally. Probably a, a goal or two in it either way. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, well, thank you, chap. So that brings us to the end of the 10 upcoming games for this uh, FPL game week. And that, of course, brings us in to our very brief interlude of the Iceman's Piss. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Welcome back from the Iceman's Piss. We hope you enjoyed that brief interlude. The Iceman. Um, no, I'm not going to say any more about that. Let's uh, let's sum up the uh, the game week then. So we've talked through the uh, ten game week fixtures. I'm just going to run you through the the standout players we've called in each game. So Burnley versus Man City. No big surprises there. The usual of KDB and Aguero, but the main one as the differential was Yaya Torre. The second fixture, Hull versus West Brom. We were looking at the West Brom attack for a change. So we were thinking Phillips, we were thinking Brunt. And actually, uh, TC made a very good point around Jakubovic not playing him, but certainly not getting rid of him as moving forward. We can see him getting some game time. Um, Leicester versus Borough. Briefly talked about Riyad Mahrez there and potentially the defence of both sides. Um, certainly Fuchs being a standout. In the Liverpool versus Sunderland game, we didn't say too much about the Brazilians moving forward, but Emre Chan was discussed at length, so certainly think about him as a neighbourer. Also looking at Defoe and Anachibi moving forward. In the uh, Swansea versus Palace game, the real standout was probably Zaha. We had some discussion over a mat as well, but uh, as uh, Arena doesn't know what day it is at the moment, with, sorry, Bradley. Uh, oh, getting mixed up with the USA managers there. Uh, Bradley's not sure what day it is at the moment. No really standouts from Swansea. In the Chelsea game, as usual, we spoke about Costa and Hazard, but Alonso looks a good option. And Harry Kane's form in North London or any London derbies appear to make him a favourable one with him scoring a bit more regularly now. Um, we then looked at Was- Watford versus Stoke. Perea stands out as a potential option and the ever-present uh, Hollybass coming back into people's thinking. In the Arsenal game versus Bournemouth, we are backing whatever picks you have with Arsenal at the moment, but uh, Giroud certainly in the thinking. The question is, is he going to play? One to steer clear of, Jenkinson potentially. United versus West Ham, uh, Tom not backing his side there, very much going for Man United, and the standout player seems to be one matter. But also potentially Phil Jones, decent price in defence for United, a good way in there. And then finally, Saints versus Everton, looking at Charlie Austin as a good standout. Well summed up, Paul. Yeah, Thank you. Paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just a few for you to think. Uh, 
now let's think about some captain's choices from these games, chaps. It really is a week that, on paper, it looks fairly obvious, but it really isn't if we're sticking to the form game. For me, I'm torn between Aguero and, and Sanchez for Arsenal. However, that's because I own them. I think, it, actually, if I had him this week, I'd probably be going KDB against Burnley, just because I think he will do something every week. Yeah, nice, I, I think I almost agree with that. Um, oh, was... that's as close as we've got to agree on anything. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've got KDB and I did consider him. Um, but for me, it's going to be Aguero or probably Coutinho if I bring him in, which I should be uh, later this week. But it's just between Liverpool against Sunderland and uh, Man City against Burnley. But I think I might go Liverpool because they haven't got any midweek fixture. So maybe Coutinho. That's a nice rationale. And, and Tom, where, where are you hanging your hat on this one? Similar. Normally I'd be all over the captaincy of Aguero, as with any week. But I've uh, we talked about them post-Europe, uh, playing early on the Saturday as well. Um, he's still absolutely viable, definitely, of course, always is. And as I say, Burnley were was really, really depressingly poor on Monday <laughs> against West Brom. I think they've, they've actually defended quite well at home. I'm, I'm probably going to steer away from him and I'll be looking at, um, at Anfield for my captaincy. I've got Coutinho and Firmino, or Firmino and Coutinho rather. So one of those probably will will be my choice. Um, don't see Sunderland keeping a clean sheet in that game. So we're shouting a, a return to, to goals for Liverpool. OK, well, um, Iceman, can you take us through our social media questions? Yeah, we'll do. Um, we've got a few from Twitter and Reddit. So... First one from Twitter would be FPL uh, Pottis. Uh, he was put, why, why, why did I sell Costa for Aguero? Um, tough choice, really, with that one, but Aguero's more proven, so you can see your point. Jonathan Paul Gavin, uh, at Time has put, which pre-5.5 defender has the best value. Already have Koscielny, Fuchs, Holabas, Wilson and McCauley. Which option do you guys reckon the 5.5 defenders best? Do you mean under 5.5 or, or a premium? Yeah, he's, saying, he's saying which pre-5.5 mil defender. So I'm assuming around the uh, 5.5 bracket or so who, below. Sorry, who's the forward? So he's got McCauley, he's got Koscielny, Holabas, Fuchs and Wilson. Uh, I'm assuming Bournemouth Wilson. Yeah. Well, we, we've talked about Chris Brunt. I know he's quite a bit under the 5.5. He's 4.9. Oh, no, that... yeah. So carry on, Tom. I was just saying, you know, we talked a lot about Chris Brunt. I know we said he's potentially at risk. I don't, don't potentially, don't actually see that happening. It was just a small point. But yeah, they've got a good run. And um, he's attacking. He's out of position. He's playing in midfield. So he may be one to consider and free up a bit of money there as well. Yeah, so there's not too much to add to that. I do like what Tom said earlier about the Middlesbrough um, defence mm. at the moment. There's a few options there. I know Friend was a, was a go-to earlier in the season. Gibson he, and Chambers are going to play. He's injured now. Okay, yeah. well, Gibson and Chambers playing more regularly in centre-half, and, and they'll certainly be a little bit cheaper as well. So if oh. you fancy a punt on Middlesbrough. We, we talked about Valencia, didn't we? Yeah. I just yeah. mentioned him, so... And now that he's back in and he is under that price bracket, I, I thought he played great against Arsenal. Yeah. I couldn't kind of believe he was back from arm surgery so fast. The guy's a machine. <laughs> he is a machine, um, isn't he? He really is. He's a proper athlete. And he seems to be Mourinho's preferred choice at right full-back. So, yeah, I think on, on reflection, he'd be my recommendation there. Yeah, so uh, probably Valencia or even Van Dijk, as we mentioned earlier as well. Yeah. Um, 
So we've got uh, CFC Sam is asking us teams with good fixtures over four weeks, please. <laughs> so I suppose uh, it's just looking at the teams with the best fixtures over four weeks. It's a bit tricky when with Man City they've got Burnley next, they've got Chelsea, then Leicester, then Watford. So you could put them in that bracket. Who else do you guys reckon? It's, it's, I was looking at Arsenal. Hull- or- yeah, sorry, go so- on. Yeah. I was going to say, Bournemouth, Arsenal have got Bournemouth at home. They've got mm-hmm. the hapless West Ham away. And then Stoke at home. That's yeah. a lovely run, isn't it? That's quite a nice run. Of the um, of the kind of less attractive teams, you've got Palace, who I'd be steering clear of. And you've got Hull, who I wouldn't touch. So one one good got, one. Got... Sorry, Go on. so one good one would be Southampton. They've got Everton at home, Crystal Palace, then Middlesbrough, then Stoke, then Bournemouth. And then they've got Spurs. Then their fixtures after that are still good. So for the next oh, 10 odd game weeks, Southampton players might be the ones to bring in. I like it. I like that. Yeah. Certainly that. more attractive than uh, than Palace, who I, I really would be abandoning yeah. ship from if you own their players. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Kaz67 at Kaz Celtic is uh, saying uh, Lukaku to Kane uh, also means I downgrade Rashford to Austin. Uh, Guerrero's uh, their other striker. So the question is, uh, do do they pull the trigger on Lukaku to Kane? Yes, yes. I, I like that. Win, I win. think that's. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I think. I don't think Rashford's downgrading to Austin, especially with no. Ibrahimovic back in the picture. I think that's a, a great shout. No, I think we're all yeah, agreed, agreed there. Yeah. No banner. Um, and we have one come up here from FPL Priest. He's put: uh, Should there be more FPL cups? And then we thought about this one, and we're actually going to branch it out to our listeners, whether to um, message us on Twitter, at FF Surgery, just to say if they're willing to enter a cup, so that at the end of it, depending on how many entries we get, the winner we will get as a guest on the podcast. So if you're willing to be on the podcast, want to enter in a cup, which we're going to start, um, depending, it might be next week, depending on how many entries we get, either message us on Twitter at FF Surgery or on Facebook, Fancy Football Surgery, uh, Facebook forward slash Fancy Football Surgery, or you can email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. So uh, if you want to contact us, we'll see if we can get people together, see if we can create a cup. If we get enough, then the winner will actually be a guest on the podcast. Is it FF underscore surgery? What was I saying? FF surgery. Oh, was I? Yeah, FF underscore surgery. Well, for the Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, FF underscore surgery. Sorry, my my apologies. Uh, So, yeah, that's... uh, if. That that'd be good to get that going. It's uh, just makes FPL yeah, a, li- a little bit more interesting. Well, I'll take part. Yeah, <laughs> you can <laughs> be a guest on your own podcast. Uh, okay, the only thing I'm going to win, isn't it? Yeah, going going quickly to Reddit. Going to uh, Craigie Backer is asking: Is Aguero needed? What are I the ideal front three? Is that if we had all the money in the world to spend? So I'd literally put four million players in every other position. I could just pick my front three. By the sounds of it, yeah. Should we should we do this in two ways? Let's do the ideal front three and let's go the most affordable ideal front three to make it useful for listeners. Mm. So I think at the moment my ideal affordable front three would be Kun, it would be Costa, um, and then I'd say Stone Cold Charlie Austin. Um, if you gave me all the money in the world at the moment, I'd probably say Kane, Aguero, and Costa. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm not going to get much much dis- debate there. I think from me, actually, me, Jim, because 
Aguero, just to answer that question, Aguero is just, he's just in my team every, it's so boring, but he's just, I just need someone you have to have. Yeah. And I like your other choices. Yeah, totally yeah. agree, really. My only shout with that would be, uh, Zlatan would be in contention, but not quite yet. And wait, wait until he gets going again. Uh, he does say as well, should we load up on midfield or go cheaper in midfield and load up on attack? Which option do you choose or do you mix it up? I tend to, historically, I've gone top heavy. As I say, I always play my front three. Yeah. And then try and get a powerful four to go with that and then just have a, a playing fifth mid is my preferred approach. And Billy? I'm a bit the opposite this season, only because with the form of the Liverpool midfielders, the fact that there's... The thing for me is Firmino and Sanchez are essentially at the moment strikers. So that, that brings added value as we've seen it with Walcott in previous seasons. And those two are taking up a hell of a lot of money. So I'm kind of invested a bit more in my midfield. The fact that you've got Hazard playing well and KDB just makes me veer a bit more towards them as consistent scorers at the moment. So I'm a bit more pro midfield. Okay, yeah, good points. Um Okay, moving on to the next question. We've got a few to go through. Uh, I might have to pick the uh, more interesting ones here. Sorry, pick guys. the best ones. Mate. My, <laughs> my battery is really close to dying as well. Yes, wrap it up. So, best long-term fifth midfielders. Uh, tired of knee-jerking, Kapoe, Allen and Gundogan. I uh, would like to stop spending my transfers on the fifth mid. Who do you reckon is the best mid, fifth mid? I really like that Emre Chan shout we made earlier. Yeah, four point eight. I, I think, think I'm for that. Yeah, proper viable actually. I'm just only because he's been in form in recent weeks. I think he's a great player on his day, but and I think he will play regularly as well. I do like Wilf Zahar. He is in my thinking because he is assisting regularly. Um, if Palace do anything, he's usually involved with it. I think he will play for the season. So whether he's the best fifth midfielder, I'm not sure, but I do think he's a viable long term option. Yeah. Okay, uh, so apologies to uh, anyone else who asked the question. We didn't quite have time. Uh, if you ask again next week, we will do. And thanks for all your questions this week. We appreciate them. Yeah, thanks very much for that. It's great to have you all joining the Mini League and and sending us your questions as well. The Iceman's actually read out all our contact options for this week. So that's how you can get in contact with us. Please join the Mini League as well. Let's say goodbye to our surgeons. So firstly, Iceman. Yep, cheers, Paul. Good luck in your game weeks, guys. Tom, thank you so much for joining us again. Great points as always. Yeah, thanks, Tom. <laughs> Battery's dead. Oh, well. And Tom's battery does appear to have died now, so uh, we say thank you on behalf of Tom. And from me, Bully, thanks for listening once again. Good luck with your game weeks, and we will be speaking to you again in a week. Spence Piss was brought to you by um, uh, Andrex because <laughs> he always pisses on the seat so you need to <laughs> roll to wipe that off with probably and a double ply will be important because he's quite dehydrated so he'll be a little bit yellow and yeah I want to clean that up <laughs> uh, 
I'm actually going to You know the funny it. thing is about this is that you actually take a break for the actual time you take a piss? Yeah, no, I do, yeah. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. 